Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Hi, it's so good to be with you this morning. We miss one another. I would love to be with you at gathering time. I miss gathering time so much. There we got to do two of our favorite things. You know what they are, don't you? Eat and talk. Eat and talk. And we love to be together. Why? Because we are family. And it's been a long time since we've gotten together like that. No face mask and just being able to laugh and talk and move around and share with one another. We, I'm sure that when we get back together like that, we're going to have so many, so much to share. I'm Dave Alexander. I'm not a pastor. I'm a lay person at the Plymouth Meeting Church. And the pastors asked me to, if I would share a message with you while he is away for this day. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th. And when we think of that, we think of love. We think of the one, we can think of the one who loves us more than anyone. You know, we tell people we love you, but who loves us more than anyone? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. God loves us. John 3.16 tells us, and let's say it together, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God made us to live with him forever, even from the beginning. You know, I can add to that Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his love toward us even while we were Sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God sought us out, died for us, gave us, the, offered us salvation. And that's something that none of us should turn down. And I'm glad that I belong to him. Well, who do you love to talk with the most? I know the ones that we love to talk with the most are those who relate with us. Those who have our best interest in mind. And to, to, to me, this sounds like God, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's always there for us. He cares more for us than anyone, than we care for ourselves. Let's go to the word, Lord, in prayer. Father, we come to you today because you love us. And we are a needy people and you understand our needs and you have our best interest in mind. Lord, we need you. We cannot live and enjoy life without you. And speak to our hearts this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I want to talk with you about prayer or why we pray. And uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you 15 seconds. Think of some of the reasons why we pray.
Well, some of our responses might include, we worship God. We pray, we worship God, or we're making confessions to God. Or we're interceding for someone to God. We're making requests. We're thanking God for his provisions and his blessings. We're asking and we're receiving. Well, there's a variety of answers. This is what I would would think. We've all felt this way. We all believe this, but this is how prayer functions. And it's not what prayer, it's what prayer does. It's not what prayer is. Prayer is very simple. Prayer is acknowledging our dependence upon God. We're accepting in our hearts and our minds what God already knows and that we are depending on him. We need him. Have you ever heard someone pray an honest prayer? You know, not big words, long sentences, not with the voice made loud. But but have you ever heard someone pray an honest prayer? And it's usually when they think that they're alone with God. I used to visit some people in a nursing home. And I would go there. I went there for 10 years, and, and uh, I tried to make it every week. And we built up such a relationship with one another that I felt like I was family. They treated me that way. We enjoyed each other's company. And sometimes I would walk in on them. Now, the, the man, he, he uh, couldn't speak very well, and he also had poor vision. And his wife would read the Bible. She would read um, devotions, and she would talk with him. The little things that she, he would say, she understood, and I understood. But then she would pray with him. And when she prayed, it was a real, true prayer. She didn't know if anyone was in the room with her. She and her were praying to the Lord. And being in a nursing home, anyone who was working there could come in and find them doing this. And sometimes I would walk in and it would be the most, most uh, real prayer I have ever heard. As she would talk about her church, her family, their lives, the other patients, the caregivers, the the world situations, so many things she would be praying out loud. And as I would walk in and find them praying, I would stop and I would back up and I would go out and leave them to have their time with God, not wanting that to be cut short. Now, My mother was a person for praying out loud. And one day as a boy, I I walked into her bedroom. And there she was kneeling by her bed with her hands up and looking up, with her eyes closed, and praying to God. And as she prayed out loud, pouring out her heart to the Lord, I felt as I opened that door and witnessed this, it was almost like, I am on holy ground. 
God and her were communing together, and I would back out, close the door, never to let her know that I was there. And from my room, I could hear my mother pray many, many times. Yet I didn't go listening. I didn't, I didn't, I just was so happy that my mother loved God so much that she could have that personal relationship with him. My wife is one who loves to go and pray by herself and pray with the Lord. Go in another room and, and pray out loud. And uh, she'll be there for a long time. I know she's okay because I can hear something going on, but uh, but she loves the Lord, and and she has confidence and faith in Him. She loves to go to Him in prayer, and she prays for the church, she prays for people, she prays for families, she prays for our cover, government and our world and the other people who are in the apartment complex where we are. She prays. This is important. If it wasn't important, she wouldn't be doing this. And you know, I found that I love to pray out loud. I've learned that it's it's so it's such a closeness to be with the Lord and be out on my patio, for example, on my uh, the deck from my uh, from my apartment, and and be there with my Bible, and talk with the Lord and read some scripture and talk with the Lord and read some scripture and talk with the Lord as He brings things up to me. And uh, if it's too cold there, I would, I would go in the bedroom also. Sometimes I get up early in the morning. I'm up there before my, before my wife, and, and I'll be sitting and reading God's Word and, and talking with God. It is such a wonderful experience. And, I, and I'm recommending that you try this. Paul wrote, you know, we think that we think that we're in charge of our lives, and we're living the life that we want to live. But, you know, Paul said in, in first, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Not that we are competent or adequate in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence, our adequacy, it comes from God. We need him. We're dependent upon him, and we should be. And we should go to him and we should trust him and uh, ask him and receive of him the blessings that he wants us to have for us to be able to do his will. You know, Jesus is praying for us. But Jesus, in John chapter 17, he has, a, there's a prayer here. This is prayer. Before he was arrested, he went and, and to pray to the Father for his disciples. Well, at first he prayed for himself. Then he prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed for all believers, and that's you, and that's me. And I'd like to read that prayer. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. Jesus looked toward heaven and he prayed. Father, and this is from the NIV translation, by the way. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may, may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those who you have given him. 
Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And isn't it wonderful that our Lord, he shows us that even he, he is like us and he needs to talk to the Father. He needs to have this, this personal relationship with God the Father. He came to do the Father's will. And that's what he came to do. And he did it. And now he's going to go back to the Father. And uh, as he prays for himself, because he's dependent upon God, the Father, and it's, it's, it shows us that we need to pray for ourselves. To God the Father, we're dependent upon him. Well, Jesus prayed for his disciples in verses 6 through 19. And he says here, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world, any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. And God has been keeping his disciples and those who believed on him all through the ages. And here we are 2,000 years later. And uh, Jesus praying for his believers, for all believers. Here in verse 20, through the end, of the, the end of the chapter, we read, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one, 
as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me even as you and loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 7, 25 and read this verse. Hebrews, 20, uh, Hebrews 7, verse 25 reads that he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. The Lord Jesus Christ was interceding for all those who are his, his, his disciples at that time, and all those who became believers through their testimony. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, we read this. I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My dear children, I write to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have an advocate. We have one who speaks for us. He is praying on our behalf. The Christian life is a life of faith. And uh, Jesus declared in John chapter 15, verse 5, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, we can see how important it is for us to depend on God and his care and his supply. It's not our talent or our skill or our brilliance, our knowledge or our abilities or our personal charisma that gets us through life. Sometimes we think that. We become very proud in, in what we've learned, what we've achieved, and this is going to get us through life. But all those, they come from God. And every moment of our lives is in our hand, or is in his hands, excuse me. Every moment of our life is in his hands. It is all him. And that's a hard thing. It's a hard truth for our hearts to accept. You see, there's a blessing in dependence. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, Paul writes, and he prayed for his relief 
from his thorn in the flesh. And the loving, merciful Heavenly Father, he declined him. And he said this, My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So rather than lamenting uh, God's refusal to meet his need, Paul celebrated the sufficiency of God's strength with these words. He says, Therefore, I will boast the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And this brings Romans 8, 28, Romans 8, 28 to mind. And we know that in all things, God works. God is working for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. And each one of us is different. And God has a plan and purpose for each one of our lives. And uh, we sometimes want to know, why can't we be like someone else? We are who we are. God knows who we are. And God is working all things together for our good, that we might do his will, carry out his purpose. Boasting and taking pleasure in weaknesses sounds unnatural. And what a concept, though. Paul celebrates his weakness because he, he now sees that that's where God's strength can be displayed in weakness. I told you about people in a nursing home. And I visited many other people in their, in their situation in life. And I found that whatever was in their past, they had forgotten and their new, their life situation had taken over and they depended. They've learned to depend and trust the Lord. And that became a real testimony and a ministry um, for, the, for them, for the Lord. And I admired their strength and I'm hoping to have the strength, same strength and endurance one day if it should come. Uh, that I should have to uh, bear such situations. Johnny Erickson Todd, I, I bring her up every once in a while. I talk about her because I remember when I was about 25 and she was 17 and, and, this, and uh, she had an accident and then it became known to the Christian world. Johnny Erickson Tata, an evangelical Christian author, radio host, founder of Johnny and Friends, an organization accelerating Christian ministry in the disability community, was born on October 15, 1949, and in 1967, at age 17, she took a dive that left her a quadriplegic. I remember for four years, she was saying, why, why, God? She was going through so much pain and anguish. It was so sad. But she does beautiful artwork today. She holds the brush between her teeth. A movie was made of Johnny. She is now 71 years of age and celebrates 51 years of God's faithfulness. She, she, this is what she says. God's faithfulness to her in her wheelchair. She has been married to her loving, caregiving husband, Ken, for 39 years. 
And this is one of her favorite verses. The verse that Paul said, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. There was a, a lady wrote a hymn in 1872. In 1872, her name was Annie S. Hawks. And she wrote a hymn that we sing today and that would apply to every Christian since the time of Christ. And I'm going to read you the words of this hymn. I need thee every hour. Most gracious Lord, no tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide or life is vain. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Christians are all alike. We all go through similar trials and through them all we need the lord we need to have that closeness of fellowship with him and we need to read god's word we need to be in prayer he's always there for us it's so important that we have a personal relationship with god in christ without christ we're disconnected like a vine and a branch that's been cut off, not getting the supply that we need. Yes, we depend on him. In closing, I'd like to read Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. getting there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. True happiness. True happiness can be found in any situation when we recognize that God is working there. Remember, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. When God is working, any situation can be a time of 
of happiness. For when I am weak, Paul said, God said, then I am strong. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we, you have created us out of love. It is your desire to share all that you are with us. We have been separated from you by sin. You loved us so much that you sent your Son to save us. To be the propitiation for our sins, that by believing in him, Jesus, we might be saved. And we just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Help us to turn our lives over to you completely. For you said in Revelation 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And I will eat with him. And he with me. And I know that you will not only eat with us, but you'll eat, you'll sleep, you'll walk, and you'll talk with us. Lord, help us to enjoy the personal relationship that we can have in knowing that, knowing you and talking with you, our Savior and our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. God bless you today, and, and the Lord um, give you a blessed week.